You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast with your host Eddie and Matt. And welcome back to the podcast that's got what it takes to make a mountain man leave his home. That's right. That's right. Double up on those mountain oysters. Um, hello, everyone. So good to be speaking with you again. We've missed you. I know you've missed us. Mm-mm. I saw a statistic the other day. A statistic? Exactly. It, it was very scientifical. And it said that listeners of the No Class Podcast are some of the sexiest people around. And uh, where did you conduct this study? <laughs> In the place with the thing. Listen, Jack. <laughs> Sample size, Heather. <laughs> All right. So... He's hitting the ground running, folks. You know it. Don't try to hold him back. He's got something to say. Lots of stuff. The things. But we'll try not to be long-winded. Long in the tooth. So, what would you like to start with? The long con? Item zero on the list. Long con. Guess what? Special guest. What? You probably already knew about the awesome Greg Gillespie, who did Barrow Maze, Duero Deep, um, that other one I can't remember, but they're all good. I own all, all of them. High quality, award-winning, major awards, man, man of many talents. Greg Gillespie's coming this year as a special guest to the first confirmed guest of the Long Con. And now we've also, as well, we're confirming Brendan LaSalle, who just had an outrageously successful Kickstarter for his X-Crawl game from DCC. Didn't we already outrageously announce him? We did. Um, and then finally, do we, do we tease them? Do we tell them? Do we hint at, or do we actually, it's not that exciting. I know, but it's only the David Beatty, Mm -hmm. the cat daddy himself, the weirdest of frontiers. Exactly. He is, is announced that he's coming as well. So there you go. Quite a list. And then you've got uh, the, the coolest special guests like Gary Oliver, you know, Matt Gullett. Exactly. You know, Eddie uh, Brantley, you know, mm-hmm. that guy's awesome. Shorty. He has a wicked, wicked ponytail. All the girls want to stroke it. Well, that's the difference between having that chrome dome and this <laughs> ponytail. Of course, I know a girl that loves to rub that shaven head. <laughs> this is the we need to video podcast. <laughs> Eddie just turned a little green around the gills. All right. It's not disgust. It's contempt. Exactly. It's a little of both. Don't lie. Um, So anything else you want to say about the coolest con in East Texas? Okay. Yeah. Here's the funny part. Okay. (laughs) We sold our 99 badges right off the bat. Uh Uh-huh. And boom, that's it. That's it. We have not sold one since. So we haven't gone crazy. We haven't started advertising and such. Mm. And we're not crying about it. No, no, no. This 100 is a success. Yeah. We'll shut up and have a lot of fun. Y'all have done so much for Eddie's morale this year. I thank you because I have to hold him while he cries every year. We're like, this is it. It's over, man. It's over. That's just so I can get close enough to lick that bald head of his. Oh, that's maybe I went a rubbery one. <laughs> Die that thing like an Easter egg. There you go. All right, sicko. What's next? <laughs> so anyway, long con. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. The next thing up, and we're going to make these brief, I think. Yeah, we're trying. Go ahead. Bullet points. Have you got anything for books or comic books? 
No, I've been way too busy for either one, sadly. Okay, I have been reading Void Rivals, which is typical, like these two factions are fighting and they two pilots crash land and end up on a planet together and I've, they have to I've, try and get back. I've only seen this story how many times? A million times. Yeah. But the interesting twist on this is it's set in the Transformers universe. Ah. These are not Transformers characters. But it's in their universe. But yeah, so in like their first episode, they run into one of the characters uh, from, like if you know Transformers, you'd be like, ah, it's Jetfire. Yeah. But if you don't, then it's like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they've had little encounters along the way where they've Mm -hmm. run into minor Transformers characters and stuff like that. Hmm. And so there's actually going to be a Transformers comic book in that same world that they're spinning off. Oh, cool. But even this Void Rivals has been pretty interesting. Okay. So I think that Transformers comic book is coming out in September. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to that. Cool, cool. All right. Then after books and comic books, we get to TV. Okay. So the second season of Strange New Worlds has arrived, and we devoured it. Um, I loved season one, and I, this, I'll dare say this. This is a rare thing for me. This season, I feel, is even better. And that's a Star Trek spinoff? Yeah. And it's one of those things kind of like people in my lifetime feel like, we're kind of a nerd. Yeah, and it's like, you must love the Star Wars. Mm, I appreciate it, but not particularly. You must be crazy about Star Treks. No, not particularly. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the shows, and I've watched some of them, parts of them. But, I, but like, I've never, I maybe watched one episode of Deep Space Nine and maybe Discovery or Discover whatever once. I mean, so no, I'm not. But this really hits the spot. I'll say that, and this is where I can say this here, I think you all are my friends and won't judge me too hard, but like on the mm. internet, everybody was like, oh, I thought it was wonderful. The one they did that was the musical one this season. Me and Heather both were like looking at each other like, are we going to fight through this? And we did to the end, but no, I, it was an interesting concept. Now I will say uh, auto-tune Klingons dancing was kind of amusing. That part made me laugh. There's a whole thing. I won't go into it, but in the end, it's still a worthy addition to the season, but I'll say that's that's my lowest point. But other than that, but even then, I mean, great season. Even if you're not a fan of Star Trek in general, it, it's I really have enjoyed Strange New Worlds. Yeah, so anyway. Okay, I think on the last podcast for TV, you had talked about uh, Box of Curiosities, Cabinet of Curiosities yeah, or whatever. yeah. Have you watched it? I can't remember if you just said, hey, this is coming out. Keep I it on the radar. I watched the first couple episodes, and I enjoyed them. But it's one thing that, like, me and Heather, sometimes there's something she'll check out. And when she checks out, I'm probably not up to finish it. Like, I had to go back to finish the D&D movie. She gave it a good solid 15, 20 minutes to set the hook and was like, I'm going to take a nap. And I went, wow. You know what I mean? And, yeah, which I don't entirely blame her. But, I mean, but I, I muscled through because I felt compelled being who I am, the track record, the history, this podcast – let me muscle through and finish it so that I can give an honest evaluation or whatever. Anyway, that being said, we watched the first two or three of those. I enjoyed them. Heather's mileage may vary. She tends to like scary stuff. It's not so much. Some of it's scary, but it's definitely got that creep factor. It's hard to put my finger on, but as soon as you hear that old Del Toro's involved, that guy's a genius. But how much was he involved, though? Yeah. But anyway, you say that because. So I have watched the first half. Okay. It's, I think it's eight episodes. Uh-huh. I've watched the first four. Uh-huh. And let me premise this with, I really like uh, Black Mirror and Oats Studio and Twilight Zone and mm. lots of other sci-fi horror mm. anthologies. I'm yeah, an yeah. anthology kind of guy. Yeah, that's, really, this is, that's up your, it's in your wheelhouse. 
not enjoying this. Yeah. Maybe there'll be some good episodes. I've heard good things about some yeah. of the episodes that are later to come, mm-hmm. and I don't want to obviously read too much because it's yeah. all like, here's the surprise twist. Yeah, exactly. Why don't ruin it? So I, I will ask, out of those first four, which one was your least favorite? The one that you haven't seen yet that was probably number four. I think it's called Outside or The Outside. Hmm. But if I'm messing up that name, it is the one where the ugly duckling lady gets this uh, lotion mm-hmm. and it's going to make her beautiful. Oh, wow. No, I don't remember seeing that. So I did. The one that had... Love the Creep Show? Because that almost... Yeah. You'll get a very... I, I can't remember the one now, but you remember the uh, one creep show with Stephen King? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, if you get in that bathtub, Jody boy. Yeah. Yeah. Jody, yeah, the... the yeah, the, the sad fate of Jody Vero, and he was great in that. And I, I love both of the creep shows. And like I love those old Clarion comics as a kid that had a lot of those horror line until the comic code came out and ruined that for all of us. And it's a shame because those were great. Comics. Yeah, I like the old uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. were really good. Well, I'll say the one. So the guy that was that got an Oscar, uh, Abraham. Yeah, what is it? F. Murray. Uh huh. Yeah, the one that one I didn't really care for that one. That and that's much. one of the highest rated ones. Isn't that funny? That one. And but but, but you, what's your mind? Don't take on that one. So I'd be curious to see. You, sometimes we're sometimes we're on the same page, and sometimes we're cross points. You know. And stuff. You've watched the two episodes, so you've seen Lot Thirty Six. Yeah, which I enjoyed. And you've seen the autopsy. That that one, yeah. And I we won't give that. away spoilers. No, we won't. For both of those, mm-hmm. and maybe for all of them. I would say they go too long, kind of like I said with Stranger See, Things. It's like, man, if this was a 30-minute episode instead right of trying to the, be an hour. Yeah, it felt like it dragged on, like, get to it. Which know? Twilight Zone, Alfred Cox Presents, I think those, well, at least some of the Twilight Zones are 30 minutes. I think there was some of the, like, this season's an hour and that season's 30 minutes. But yeah. for the most part, it's like cut it down and get on to it. Mm-hmm. I think the... Uh, it's not a spoiler to say lot 36 is kind of like storage wars where he buys the storage locker Uh and there's a lady who he bought her storage locker. Uh Why is she hanging around all day? Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Exactly. Me either. I was like, come on. And it dragged and dragged and and you could see where it was going a mile away. Mm -hmm. And that premise was kind of like, if you'd like to see something like that a million times better ninth gate, did you see that movie? Yeah. Yeah. The one with Johnny Deep. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Oh, that's such a good movie. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Me and the old uh, Matt Couch are both big fans mm-hmm. of that one. And that one's kind of a slow burn, but they did it. It was better executed. That thing, like you said, that's the, now that you say it, it's like trying to put my finger on it. They just kind of drug. And that's like the one with uh, F. Murray, Abraham, yeah. whatever. It's like, get get on with it. Like, that could have easily been That one was minutes. interesting, but it was almost like, would you get, you know, get to it you know but it drug you just kind of languid just get up get you know almost and then the solution to it is x and you're like why didn't you why it's kind of like the logic of it Uh it's like i came up with 15 better ideas than you did Uh and you're a smart character so and there's quite a bit of that but this is what kills me right now there's a strike going on of all these wonderful writers and i'm going you know we maybe it'd be nice if they kick them out and get some new writers might be a good thing you know i mean because because look like it's a case by case thing yeah but but like you said in both cases it's kind of like well first of all i saw that coming a mile away really you know and the other one it's like that that was really the best outcome here this guy could think of this guy you know it's like come on 
it's like I said, I, a lot was kind of like with um, The Walking Dead. Why I quit watching it? The writing was so so terribly bad. I mean, what a wonderful premise, and what great actors and some interesting characters. But like these characters would all of a sudden from one season to another, like I just ate a brain tumor. Watch me do something stupid that was nothing like my character last season. Mm-hmm. And you're like, who's doing the writing? And how has someone not put their thumb on them? You know, it's just bad writing. And that's like you said before. People want to be mad at an actor or a director. And many a time, no, no, no. That's a good actor they've got for that role. And this is a look at this guy's uh, pedigree. He's a good director. You've got a writer writing some stupid crap that this director's trying to direct and this actor's trying to act. Because Buster know? Suggs is in the first one. Yeah. He's the uh, guy buying storage lockers, yeah. and he can do anything he wants to now oh. because of old Buster. Uh, oh, that's yeah. another one that we love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. But again, even in that bunch of anthologies, and I love it overall, there's one or two of those that are hold-your-nose stinkers. But some of those are just brilliant, you know, just awesome, you know. Definitely worth the admission price. But yeah. anyway... So anyway, so far with Matt being a quarter of the way through it and gives it a okay until I've talked him down now, I think. Yeah, we'll see, yeah. And right now I'm kind of on the, like if I had to give it the score, I'm at a, maybe a 5 out of 10 or something. Now sometimes you went against your nature, but as a general rule, you're a completionist. You think you're going to complete it? Yeah, it's only four more episodes, but yeah. I got to tell you, I'm really dragging my feet on it. It's only eight episodes, and when you're the retiree, I could have binged that in a day if it was any yeah. good. Yeah, but that's where one thing that's good is what's helped certain things through the years. Sometimes if I have low expectations go into it, it has ample room to impress me. You know, Right, so that may yeah. work for you guys. Yeah, yeah. There but this one, I will say, yeah, going in with the, say, more of a out, higher standard because yeah. Del Toro. Yeah, I mean, Del Toro, both of our guys are like, oh, man, yay, you know. Because even that one thing he did with old Harry Potter, that not long after he left the Potter franchise, he did that movie with him. What was it called? You know what I'm talking about. Wasn't it Del Toro? And it was kind of a horror suspense movie. It's a house. Oh, yeah, that was the... Ghost of the Crimson something. Yeah, or something. Crimson or House. Or Crimson there. Yeah, and that one totally bombed, and it kind of, I think, hurt him a little bit in Hollywood. But as I understand, people said that it wasn't bad. It was I just, went out and saw it at the theater because I'm that guy. Yeah. And Okay, well, it really was that bad then. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen, but, but my expectations were well, through the roof. Because Del Toro and... You and know. That did not meet them at all. But if you, you have those low expectations and go in, uh-huh. you might be like, nah, not bad. Yeah. But it's not like yeah. the thing where it's like, you know, that movie didn't do anything, but it's fantastic. That yeah. one's kind of like, it didn't do anything, and, and it kind of deserved to not do anything. Yeah. All right, fair enough. All right. How about some movies? Mm, no. I like the movie, movie. So I don't even know if you've heard of this one. Oh, my. I don't. Big really see women a lot Mars. of commercials. So the last voyage of the Demeter. I have ironically enough heard of that. Wow. Yeah. I did. We went and saw, Jesus. See, I can't even think what we went and saw. Oh, the Meg. Cause Jennifer loves giant shark movies or anything like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we went and saw the Meg too. The Meg. I, I know the first one didn't have the guy who was like Dwight so Schrute, does, you know? Oh, the, the first movie Meg, he was kind of the bad guy. Yeah, the probably. Meg. It was Dwight Schrute. I can't think of the guy's right. Yeah. Uh, Rain Wilson yeah. was the uh, 
was the kind of the, I'm telling you, we're going to throw a fight on this thing's throat if that's what it takes. You're insane. You'll kill us all. You know, he's that guy that I don't care what you want. You know, this is what we're doing. You know, anyway, yeah. I think so, it's the typical, like, I'm a billionaire and everything I do is fantastic. Oh, yeah. you got to do what the billionaire says. Yeah, yeah. So we went and saw the Meg 2, which I kind of liked the Meg 1. Uh-huh. It's no Godfather or whatever you say. It's uh-huh. not going to go down in the movie classics, but, but it's, it has that but it's fun also popcorn not, movie. Um, uh, Shark Tornado or whatever. Yeah. You know. But the second one, uh-huh. I'd skip it unless you're just... But Jen, of course, loved it. So there you go. There. Yeah. But that's where I saw the advertisements for The cool. Last Voyage, mm-hmm. which, of course, you guys know, huge Dracula vampire fan. Mm-hmm. So any of that stuff, you've got my attention. Mm-hmm. So we went and saw that. Uh-huh. Lower your expectations. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was good. Okay. It definitely wasn't great. And that one has just bombed oh, completely. Yeah. And who who did that one? Who were the people involved? Uh-huh. You ever even heard of them kind of thing? No, I can't remember. I, the director had been like, oh, he did this. And I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. So the last voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. It's so a check that out flag. when it's uh, streaming yeah. near you You'll for wait free. For it to stream. But it was yeah. fun on the, that was the one where I was like, the big screen sometimes can make a movie uh, or help it. For yeah. Sure. So I was like, this might be one that gets that advantage. It was okay, but it ain't going to be in theaters for much longer. Like yeah. I think it made 5 million wow. in theaters or something like that so far against a $45 million budget. Wow. And it had all kind of development problems. Like they've been trying to make this movie for 20 years. Damn. Yeah. Wow. And I'm trying to think what's the uh, guy from the game of Thrones who was the onion Knight. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Which I like that actor, but yeah. honestly, what would you ever know him from before Game of Thrones, and what has he done since this? So he doesn't have a huge role in this or yeah. anything. So he's in it. He's good. And if they had made him when they were first trying to make it, his star, little bit of star power because you had might would have helped it. But by now, people are like, "Who is this guy?" And I kind of wish that I had watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh-huh. and then stopped it when uh-huh. he when Dracula goes to make the voyage to uh, London. Uh-huh. And then restarted it after that movie. It'd be like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'll throw that idea out to you too. Yeah. But it was very interesting. Cool. Okay. Video games. Video games. Okay. So, well, interesting bit of news. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if you've heard this. There's a new PS5 handheld has been announced. Yeah, of course. Okay. And they're talking about it's going to have like a $200 price point. That's not bad for a handheld, right? But what's a Steam Deck? I don't know. I'd have to look at the price of a Steam Deck yeah. and see, because, I mean, Steam Deck's incredible. But I've already got the PSP and what was the other one? See, the Vita. Yeah, the Vita. Which was basically the equivalent for PS4. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll probably get it just because yeah. I've got everything else. Yeah. But maybe this time I'll wait for the markdown. Yeah. But that's why just for those of you that might be interested, yeah, there's the new PS5 handheld has been announced and they're saying the price point will be somewhere around $200, which I thought was kind of interesting. And, uh, but otherwise, so what have I been playing? What have you been playing? EverQuest. On the PC? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. hooray. Yeah. I hooray for Billy. Yeah, yeah. But so, the, you know, uh, my old buddy, Tim of the YouTube channel, um, Dragon Slayer Models and Games, I introduced him to EverQuest way back in like 1999 when it first came out and I was playing. So this game is like 23 years old. I can't believe all this So game. for our younger listeners. Yeah, 23 years old. And so, yeah, I mean, the graphics are a bit dated, but they did update the character graphics 
somewhere in the early aughts. But anyway, on a goof one night, I he had posted because I'm I like his YouTube channel, and I think mostly because Tim's an old friend, you know. But I went one night at work, and I'm kind of like, I guess spread my I started streaming one of his videos, and Tim does some great painting videos in there because Tim is a brilliant, brilliant painter. That Dragon Slayer models. That's his sideline. You know, he makes money. He's a brilliant model painter, you know, and, and he's had some tutorials and different things. But then now a lot of his more recent videos are talking about his time on um, one of these emulated EverQuest servers. And he's played on like the live servers, which some company called Daybreak or Daylight or something got the rights to it from Sony. And they're still running the old live EQ servers, but they're clunky. It's bad whatever i've tried them through the years when i've gotten nostalgic and within five minutes i'm like oh you know whatever so i thought you can never go home never go back and then there's a server called p99 or it's project 1999 and it's the old old original game with maybe only the first expansion or something and it's okay but you're getting the base old game in the expansion and this is like it's it's been running for like 12 years which is phenomenal over a decade and it's free i mean it's just somebody's passion project but anyway, but it's kind of limited. Well, this guy's doing something that it's called Wayfarer's Haven and it's emulated EverQuest, but it's got like the first five or six expansions. Hmm. Runs beautifully, a lot of fun. There's a few of these little quality of life improvements because uh, like back in the day, even the guy who made the game originally, Brad McQuaid said, you know, we were a little too draconian. Like when you sit down to heal, get back mana, it takes way too long. But so, like, now when you sit down, it's like post-combat. It flies, and it's like, okay, so great quality of life. And back in the day, like, I like a certain degree of verisimilitude, but, like, traveling from one continent to the other, you had to literally queue up to get on a boat physically. Like, your character got on a boat, and you had to ride the boat to the next continent. It might take 45 minutes, real-world time. That's where it's like, that's not fun. And so, luckily, now they've got these uh, portal stone things that you click on, and you travel to the plane of knowledge, and guess what? In the plane of knowledge, there's all those little books on a pedestal. You can click to go, oh, I can, so I can leave over here in the evil lands on this one continent of the Dark Elves, click on the nearby book, travel to the plane of knowledge, walk 30 feet and click on the portal to take me to Antonica, where the good elves, you know, their realm or something, boom, 15 minutes instead of an hour. Because nothing worse than you, for, you get to the new continent, forget to bind there and go to attack something or something jumps out and kills you. And you're, and back, you're back at your behind there. point, and you're like, and then you rage quit. So there's definitely some quality of life little fixes, but still, and I had this talk with Double R. I mean, I confessed to him after a couple of weeks of playing that I was doing it. I thought he was going to razz me, you know? And he was like, dude. I I'm, figured he'd jump on there yeah, with you. He's like, I'm going to come check it out. And shit, he's in love with it. And the thing about that it. That explains it. Yeah. And so the thing about, um, about that is, like we talked about, I've played numerous MMOs and games through the years. And this was really probably the first massively multiplayer online game that I've accomplished some other games, but I look back, I feel no real great sense of accomplishment or go, oh, let me tell you about what I did. And wow, like right now, I'm, I couldn't conjure a memory. But things you accomplish in EQ, you kind of earn that shit. It was the first game, so it was definitely more more difficult, you know what I mean? Not difficult, but definitely... Well, kind of like 
playing first edition D&D or whatever, exactly, where it's like, yeah. when you killed a dragon, buddy, you it killed a dragon. Something. Yeah. And so, like, if you maxed out a skill in EverQuest, you accomplished something. If you, you know, it took a real raid management strategy and tactics, and even then you might wipe out two or three times to kill that one dragon. When you did, I mean, yeah, you had bragging rights and shit. Our guild has arrived or whatever. So anyway, so yeah, that's it's. I'm on Wayfarer's Haven. It's free to play. And uh, like I said, check out Tim's YouTube channel, Dragon Slayer Models and Games. He's got a lot of really neat videos that talk about playing on this server and like what to expect and what to do. And they're just kind of interesting to watch, even if you maybe, I don't know. But and plus, if you need a bunch of minis painted, hit him up too. Exactly. Yeah. If you want the highest quality professional paint job, check him out. But that, so that's me for video games. So for me for video games, I'm playing The Quarry. which I don't know if you've heard of that one. It sounds familiar, but... It's kind of like an 80s horror flick as a video game. Oh, cool. So you're taking the place of, you know, the the old tramp girl. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, she's getting killed. And then, like, here's the virgin girl, and here's the nerdy guy, and here's the... uh, The jock. The jock, and all that kind of stuff. All the stereotypical in the old Jason movies, you know. So this movie is about 10 hours long. Oh, wow. So we'll see on that. Right now I'm getting to the point where it's like, yeah, 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 wrap it up. I want to know the ending. <laughs> Let's get there. Uh, Stop keeping me in suspense. Uh, so yeah. I'm... Uh, maybe two hours away from the end or something. Oh, wow. So I'm like, come on, let's go. So I can't give it the review yet. Do you think? So far, so good. Do you if feel you like, like the Telltale Games okay. type stuff. So you're, you, you feel like you're getting your money's worth on this? Because it's a rental. Ah, there you, well, there you go. Because 10 hours... I think like the one playthrough is 10 hours. Wow. But I also think you might be able to get it on PSN for free. Yeah. Where so. it's one of those free games and then all yeah. you Xbox people have that new like downloaded thing. So, mm-hmm. so far so good. We'll have to follow up and give you the, yeah. um, here's another thing, okay. a slightly new category for us, TCGs. Oh yeah, the old trading games, trading card, card games. games, collectible card games. You know, CC- CCG, CCGs, TCGs. You know, yeah. So the one point I wanted to bring out is there's the new Lorcana Disney game. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's been getting scalped, just insane amounts. Really? And even you can say what you want to about the game stores if that's scalping i think price gouging is yeah, price the thing for gouging them, is the word because they're not use. buying it and turning it around yeah it's price gouging but i have had reports that some stores around us are selling the little starter pre-con deck mm-hmm. for three times like it's a 20 dollar deck and they're selling it for 60 that's ridiculous and then but if people are dumb enough to pay it uh i bought a starter deck and then I went to get another item, mm-hmm. and that item, because I was like, oh, the starter deck's reasonably priced, mm-hmm. buy the other item. That was double what it was supposed to be. I was like, no thanks. Yeah. So that's one of those, in the in the RPG world, mm-hmm. it's pretty clearly marked, and there's no reason to price gouge it or scalp it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But boy, on the TCGs, you got to watch it. Yeah, that's why I think, I want to think some companies did away with MSRP yep, exactly. on these card games, because... People go, wait a minute, that's not what this is supposed to cost now. It costs whatever we price it, Jack. But that's where they, they get mad that there's online sources that are selling shit that's cheaper than they can sell at brick and mortar. But then look what you do brick and mortar when you you know sell things for two and three times what really is 
should be the appropriate. It's, there is an MSRP anymore, but if there were, but anyway, I'm, I'm proud that Dragon's Nest is not price gouging. So exactly. They have sold money. theirs for the, what it should be the cost. Appropriate, yeah. And then, yeah, because I have also seen the store cost. Uh-huh. So I know what they paid. Uh-huh. I know what it's recommended, even uh-huh. there's no MSRP or recommended, whatever. Recommended, yeah. But kind of like, this is what you should be selling it for. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then, ridiculous. So, yeah. And I've probably said it before, but there was another not-so-friendly local game store that was selling boxes of Magic boosters for $100 more. So it's like, if you're if you're into such things, shop around. Yeah, you check. You know, don't don't blind something blindly. And honestly, it, here's the thing: is I'll say years ago when I was into Magic and I worked at a game store back in the early '90s when Magic was first kind of hitting, I remember putting singles in sleeves and pricing and putting them out in a case, and people would come up and look at a card and go, "People really pay that price." And I went, "Some people do, and some people don't." The, the the this is all relative you know to one person that's just some ink on a piece of cardboard and it ain't worth anything and to one person that shivan dragon is worth twice the listed price there who i i need four of them oh i don't care well, that was back them. in the day when you were putting prices on them right yeah they don't do that anymore really? you pay market price so i, I mean know. if you buy that card today Maybe it's ten bucks. If you buy yeah. it tomorrow, maybe it's twenty bucks. Well, because back then there was a Scry magazine that we looked, and that Scry came. But out every now three it months. can get updated every day. Yeah, it's on the internet, and you can go look live right today. Oh, it's went up three dollars today. Oh, it went down five dollars. Just like the stock market or something. Yeah, one hundred percent like that. That is insane. What an age we live in. Yeah, but Which, I mean, teach their own. We were looking at that uh, high-end gaming computer that one of our buddies is selling, mm-hmm. and I noticed that it was like not interested in trades unless you got high-end magic cards. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's what I was going to say. One more note about that. The one reason why I love that I can play this EQ game is my computer is 10 years old. <laughs> We've talked this on here. A game runs beautifully, you know, on my 10-year-old computer. You know, it looks great. runs great, you know. I'm actually like what they call two-boxing. Without any, back in the day, it was tough. When this game first came out, the computers didn't have the muscle to run like two iterations of the program simultaneously and you could alt tab back and forth like i'll have the cleric kill my warrior character now i could three box flawlessly i mean it's a it's a 23 year old game but anyway enough about that but okay let me put you on the spot here because this okay. is something we should have already talked about probably but sure kickstarters kickstarters okay you have that in your notes absolutely kickstarter news first of all our good buddy ben burns of new comic games has got a new wild magic surge deck for fifth edition and he also has something coming out for Call of Cthulhu. Okay. Nice. But I kind of swore he had like a module for 5th yeah. edition. Or so. Okay. So, so what's the news on that? What's it called? See, that's why I put you on the spot. Yeah. But I'll admit right now that well, I don't remember. I went but and did a quick Google search, went to his very own new Comet website, and I didn't see anything about a 5th edition module in it. But I could have swore somewhere in my Facebook feed over the last yeah. two or three weeks. Because I think it's coming times. out for 5th edition yeah. and OSR so stuff. I would go look on Kickstarter and look under you know new Comet games. And our old buddy Ben Bird's an award-winning gamesman or whatever. Three Castles. Yeah, he's several won times. numerous Three Castle awards. He's doing a number of new products. His stuff's always been uh, high quality. Check it out. Next, our good buddies, 
Bill and Ben Barsh of Paysetter Games are coming out with The Green Flame, and it's an adventure that's solo play. I noticed that's become a thing in the last few years. There are some people that really love the idea of RPGs, but due to COVID and the way the world has went, they've become shut-ins, or just someone who's like, I never can't seem to get together with my play group, whatever. They've come out with an adventure that's solo play, and I'll be interested to see how it works, but uh, Bill and Ben write top-notch stuff, high-quality art, I, you, trust me I, go check it out and that's the idea of solo play it's kind of cool sometimes you want to play some D&D or whatever and you can't get together with your buds yep. and if third our good buddy Tom Wilson of Throwy Games has just put out The Prison Pit and it's got a longer name than that but the only part I can remember is Prison Pit for Shadow Dark RPG but it, ultimately this is probably easily compatible with any kind of a, any kind of RPG, you know, with a little bit of imagination. But right now, definitely, if you've bought into the, the new Shadow Dark RPG, which looks interesting, um, and you were like, well, gosh, I need you know, modules for it, good luck. Tom Wilson has written something for you. And I can tell you this, Tom Wilson, I own a lot of his stuff. It's high quality. It's really good. So check it. And ironically enough, uh, Lou isn't doing a Kickstarter right now, but, ah. but, but I'll sure he'll be doing one in the next few days. I was going to say, you haven't yeah. checked Facebook in the last few minutes oh, okay. because Lou <laughs> has announced that he's announcing something coming up very shortly. He's announced that he's announcing something. Yes. Yeah. And of course, Levi has something going, but that's a given. <laughs> yeah. And we love those guys. These no, are no. high quality I, products. Yeah, yeah. We hope to be adding to the problem soon. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus, it's too many Kickstarters. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking, but I'm going to have a tier that if you buy into that tier, I'll give you my solemn oath not to do a Kickstarter every other month. Want, want, you know, <laughs> yep. you know, like some other people. But anyway, if you'll buy it at this tier, I won't, you know. I was going to say, if I buy in at this tier, you take me off your mailing list. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> I want to never hear from you again. But no, I definitely don't want y'all to swear if Kickstarter is not until after you've gotten, you know, Cavern of the Dead Gods. But no, it, it's going to be good. You're going to love it. Um, yeah, this know. is the pot in the pan thing. But yeah, yeah, pot con. it's yeah, like, what, what do we need? Oh, we need yeah. one more podcast in the world. Yeah. We need one more convention. Yeah. And boy, oh, we wow. need some more Kickstarters. Right. Anyway, all right. Talking about some little spicy DCC road crew, are we at not at we at? Can we acknowledge our what info? Acknowledge? We just yes, we can acknowledge acknowledge anything we want to. Yeah. Can we discuss? Can it? we discuss? It was better word. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about yeah. their secrets. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we're both on the advisory council for the uh, road crew. So poor bastards. And um, so the hot, spicy new stuff is they're looking at probably doing something. What's the nomenclature I'm trying to conjure? That basically local groups, and they're going to give them a cute name, like the Gong Farmers Local, ours is probably Gong Farmers Local 903. And um, basically it's going to be a, a, a thing where like on the Goodman Games page, there'll be hyperlinks like, hey, wherever you are in the continental United States or Europe or wherever, and you're looking for a DCC game, you know, and they'll have an email just for like your local contact. It would be like me or Eddie or both of us um, over in, you know, Georgia. It would be Fred and over in uh, Wisconsin, it'll be Joan or whatever. But it's, yeah, they're going to have sort of a, a thing and they're going to have like some specialized art to represent each group as kind of an attaboy and a thank you. And there'll be an official document like your charter, you know, of, of your local group. So that's kind of neat. That's something to look forward to. But like I was bragging on my boy, no one really chimed in. But Eddie thought of this shit three, four years ago. You, he basically organized something like this, and it was kind of active one time. We'd gotten our local people that had gotten into DC. We know people are playing DC locally because the game stores are selling it, the product. We just don't know these people. How do we reach these kids? Mm, yep. 
Um, anyway. I was going to say instead of gong farmers, uh-huh. maybe ours should be long farmers for the long con. And right. that'd be the, like the long con design and stuff like that. That'd be long cool. con DCC cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it's something that might be exciting to some of the old guard. Trollord Games has been given the rights to reissue a Gygax classic, Castle Zagig. Which, of course, you know, it's the name Zagig. Yeah, Gygax, very similar. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. They had to do that back in the day to avoid, you know, legal ramifications from TSR after he left them. But he'd made that in conjunction with, you know, Troll Lord Games, and they actually worked with him up until the end. So, anyway, they're getting a reissue, which i tell you a little, but well, I won't mention that. But, anyway. Oh. Um, oh, and the new artwork, folks, the new logo T-shirt artwork is, as the kids say, it's fire. It slaps. For the, as the, for the convention. Yeah, for the convention. I, I'm so anxious to have this artwork on a T-shirt, and I'm going to walk around with nothing but that T-shirt on, just, yeah, you know, it's hot. If we ever do another Twitch show, mm-hmm. that would be a good place to reveal that art. Mm-hmm. The cover of my new adventures art and the mm-hmm. cover of your adventures art. Mm-hmm. And for those that might be interested, I now have all the interior artwork done in my possession for caverns. The only artwork I'm waiting for, and yes, I'm still waiting for artwork, is from the guy in Europe for the cover. And again, if this was a, a video, you'd see the look of disgust on my face. Um, but yeah, so that's everything I've got. All right, so that'll wrap it up for today. You want to do the topic? Yeah, let's skip out on it. <laughs> I kid, I kid. He's like, what the what? If you did, I'm, I'm on the fence here, but yeah, okay. Well, we said this will be nice and quick, and we're at the 35 plus I, mark. It's not bad. I was waiting for you to say not. 40. If it's 45, I maybe would like wrap it up, yeah. But do you have a lot to say on this topic? I don't. So that's Me good, neither. Yeah. But this is your food for thought topic. Yeah. Tell us what you think. We want to know what you think. But this one is, to put it like I put to Matt, right? Mm-hmm. What does an 18 look like? And he says, just escape jailbait or whatever. <laughs> just pass jailbait. And I was like, no, like an 18 in your stat. Like an 18 strength. Yeah, like how to, how to decide, does she, she look old enough? You know, anyway. How do you figure out if somebody's 18? Yeah, no. What does 18 look like in, you know, stat-wise? So, because I was doing an adventure where that comes into play. And then with the, which we haven't talked about in forever is the monster crawl. Yeah. With that, you have the Dibbic, which you could possess a character. Mm -hmm. So you could go from like the, I was a little ghoul and now I'm in this heroic guy with an 18 strength. Yeah. Because in this one scenario that Eddie's talking about, you have 18s in every stat. Most players go, woohoo, this is the best thing ever. And he still proceeds to kill you in five minutes. Exactly. So, so, I mean, it's like, yeah, 18 is great, but, you know, if you only have three hit points. Tell me when you have 180 hit points. Exactly. And then I'll go, wow, you know, whatever. And who cares? I'd love my character to go, I've got all threes, but I've got 50 hit points. And they'll all be like, I'm kind of jealous, you know. Um, but I know going off, and again, this might be a time where I could still read the room wrong with Eddie. We've done so many times where I'm pretty sure on the same page. We're totally not. Let's find out. So I was looking at old, like, first and second edition D&D. Um, so, um, you know, we're, like they talked about, like, a, a strength of three was described as someone who could military press 30 pounds over their head. Okay, I'm getting the nod. I think we're on the same page. And like if it was if it was an 18, you uh, double O, you could press 400 over your head or something. Well, there like that. you have to stop for a minute. 
because yeah. this is a point that'll come up in a minute, is yeah. how many people remember the day when you had an 18 and then you'd roll for your percentile? Yeah, that's so old. Like, that's, that's first Oh, edition. I've got an 1853 or something. Because did, did second edition carry over the percentage? Yeah. They did. And I'll tell you this. Did I ever see anything to blow up my table? Sure I did. Did I ever, 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 ever in my day see anyone literally roll three die six and roll three sixes and then pick up a percentile dice and proceed to roll double lot? Never in my days have I gazed upon such a thing. But you better believe that people would go, oh, I, I rolled this at home. You lying <laughs> Gary. crap. Double Gary. R. Double R. But anyway, um, but it was interesting because there's a number of websites that talk about like trying to make a comparison between these games and the real world or whatever. But if you had, just to go back to this before we move away from it, yeah, yeah. if you have an 18 strength, it's like, oh, uh, okay. But if you were like, I have an 18 double odd, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> just how that percentile changes mm. the perception. Oh, yeah. But but what I like is, and if you go look at it where, okay, so let's let's try to get our head in the right space. Okay, this is a medieval game. Now, it's fantasy. It's fantasy. It's medieval. The an, like a, a 9, 10, 11 is supposed to be an average attribute. Well, is that an average attribute for a typical citizen of this world, or is it for the adventurers, which you're supposed to be playing who should be a cut above? And so really... Um, you you know I think if if you took certain statistic the 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 weightlifting breakdown analogy that they came up with for first edition or whatever it was, the typical person nowadays only have a strength of about six or seven. But then again, we're a pretty uh, sedentary you know culture um, back in but in this world where most people are agrarian and they have to work hard for the living every day. No, the average peasant probably would have a nine, ten, or eleven per this lifting you know max and their stamina's but, but then again you hear about the mean kind of malnourished not having the quality of nourishment that we have would their constitutions be as good blah 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 would their intels be as high no i mean whatever but it's one of those things to where um yeah you know an 18 is that's why it's sad is and i've had to try to do this i've had people recently when i we started doing castles and crusades i said i'm going to have you guys roll and already some people going what roll you know they're so used to um stat arrays and point buys i said but i'm gonna let you roll four die six drop the lowest die which is very um sweetie pie you know some people would tell you like oh no old school three die six straight down the line of road you take what you get you know but now i'm like roll roll six times Put stats where you want. You can roll four die six, drop the lowest die, you know, whatever. But even then, some people got like 11s, 12s, 13s, and they're so used to some other games that they were like, oh, like I've got all these 11s, 12s, and 13s. And I was like, you're griping about that? I remember back in the day, I would be doing a little dance if I had majority 11, 12, 13. But the thing is, old school D&D was, was written on a bell curve. Well, I mean, you roll dice on a bell curve. So, I mean, most of your stats would fall in the 9, 10, 11 range. And a lot of your, your stats, and if you looked at the stats, uh, an 11, you know, even a 12 wouldn't really reward you anything, any stat if you got that. And you'd be like, what? I'd go, well, you didn't get a bonus, but you didn't get a penalty. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, hey. Not having a penalty is its own reward. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at where it's like, well, you don't have a, an Addy, but you don't have a penalty. And the old games weren't so stat-weighted. One thing I like about DCC is it's not stat-weighted, and they brilliantly baked in things that make up for that lack of you having an 18. Like, like if you went to make a character in the world's most popular role-playing games current edition you're making a fighter and you're allowed to use D&D. points yeah fifth edition that you're going to put an 18 or whatever 16 whatever the max you can do at first level into that's one of the reasons that it doesn't impress me either is probably point by mm-hmm. where it's like of course you've got an 18 yeah whoop-de-doo you know and that's where i, I love when it's like 
you organically rolled and like, oh boy, you got a 16 year strength and you're like, yeah, boy, you know what I mean? You know, and we're talking about games where you're like, you know, oh, um, I had an 18 strength to where like, I had an eight. Like back in the old day when you roll that shit. It was Remember like, that one character that had an 18 yeah. double lot strength? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that you'll talk about that shit to the end of days. So I want you to take that into account. But anyway, that's not really what this topic's about, but I think that segues into it. But anyway, what's your thought process on this? Okay, what I was going for too uh-huh. is, is an 18 superhuman strong per uh would captain america be an 18 strength or would he be more than an 18 strength in your just off the cuff opinion i think he'd be like a 1920 even exactly yeah which would still be phenomenal i mean that's more than human and then without the physique of a guy who normally can lift that much like I've, there's guys that can lift that much weight over the head but if you've seen these guys they look like a, a truck you know or something whereas he's muscular but svelte you know whatever. but i think an 18 is still within human limitations oh, no, well, no. like the beefiest farm boy or whatever you want to say sure sure he can have an 18 it's not maybe when you get to a 19 that's when it's like there goes hercules or the demigod or what have you but i want you to think about something unless no and this rapper has done this again okay this is a typical somewhat typically in the fantasy medieval world there aren't gymnasiums there's not supplements. There's not. Um, well, in general, you know, if you, you want know, to go yeah, that I mean, far. Yeah, I mean, testosterone shots or whatever. They're all covered with fleas and scurvy. Well, yeah, but, and, but what I'm trying to make a point is how many 18 strengths would there really be? I mean, you've got the guy. I love, at least in like Conan, the first movie, he since from a young age was pushing that damn giant grist mill wheel. Yeah, that's why he's literally just so new and muscle and so huge. Because unfortunately for him, he was you know captured and enslaved and made to push that thing his whole life. Because I love how otherwise, how would anybody in the fantasy world look like Arnold? Well, okay, that combat, that, yeah, constant but, combat, just constant combat, you know. But because in the real Conan stories, he's not in the book stories. He's not captured. That's a movieism, I believe. Yeah, that, no, yeah, that's a total movie. Well, basically, uh, what's his name? Oliver Stone wrote that. Ironically, he went on to be gain a certain degree of success as a director but he wrote that and i'm sure you knew it but oliver stone wrote that and when he did he actually took some stuff from cole which is still howard robert howard but um but he took some stuff from cole and stuff from various different conan stories and blend together and then conan in general yeah is not he's more of a spider-man build than an arnold build yeah thulsa doom is he's given the name thulsa which, but the Thulsa Doom had like a skull for a face. The actual look of James Earl Jones is really more, um, oh, another enemy, a Thothamon or whatever, something like that would be a better. So they, so again, Oliver Stone picked and choose, you know, mm-hmm. a lot. But, um, but that's, but back to what I was saying was like, how many individuals would have an 18 constitution? So that's where, like, like you said, it's kind of silly that, oh, we're playing fifth edition DD. And three build the table playing warriors and look, oh, what do you know? You all have 16 strengths and 14 constitutions and 14 dexterities. Wow, you're all just cookie cutter guys and gals and meh, you know, whatever. And it's like, how, what luck did the three people in the world who are this well nourished and strong all show up together to, you know, go adventuring? It's, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Where like in the old days, if like I rolled a 16, I rolled a 15, hot shit, I got a 17. It's like, you're like, oh man, this is awesome. I, I guess I should play a warrior. And you're going to be like, ah, I'm proud of that 15. You know, yeah, I rolled that. And you would get a bonus for a 15. Like I said, it wasn't that stat weight. You had to roll pretty damn well. And this is on a bell curve, you know, I mean, to get that exemplary stat to give you. And even then, it might just be a plus one. But 
you know, most of the stuff came from your gear and your class. It wasn't, a, the stats are there to help, but really is more about your class, your gear, and your playsmen. Well, when play. I say like an 18 strength or an 18 agility, I'm thinking like Olympics level athlete. Yeah, yeah. The best in the world. Sure. But not beyond that. No, no, no. Well, and that's where like, what is an 18 intelligence? Yeah. Like, I'll give you the example for that. Like, Reed Richards to yeah. go into comics. Mm-hmm. I think he has like a 30. Yeah. And this guy's building giant spaceships and crap, you know, yeah. single-handedly or whatever. You know, he probably has a team. You just don't hear about it. But, yeah, I mean, uh, but then again, he's superhuman. He's more than human. Those cosmic rays didn't just make him stretchy. It maybe enhanced his already considerable intellect, you know, whatever. But, but are um, you a, if you have the 18 Intel, are you a Stephen Hawking's or an Albert Einstein or? And that's when it comes down to if you see somebody show up at your table, he's got like an 18 and three different stats. So let me get this straight. You're a guy that somehow has got the, the physique of an Arnold Schwarzenegger with the brain of a Stephen Hawking's and a, let's just say, you know, charisma or something, 18. Like you've got the bearing of, you know, uh, Bill Clinton or something. I mean, you know, how many women did he mm-hmm. woo into his bed or somehow this I like yoke, who you chose this, for this, an 18 yeah, this, charisma. Well, maybe not 18, but well, you think of someone. I mean, here's a Brad yoke, Pitt. This guy's a yokel from, well, he's man pretty, but charisma, and that's the distinction I want to make. Through the years, it's been a, a misnomer that charisma was actual physical attractiveness. People lean into that, but that's why they actually added the comeliness stat later. Sean Connery. Okay, sure. Because even beyond being, he wasn't a bad looking guy. Because he's he, James Bond he, smooth. Yeah, he, he had a bearing. Exactly. See, it was how he carried himself, how he acted. He, he had magnetism. You know, that's charisma to me. You know, well, I mean, well, I, okay, they kind of go hand in hand because yeah. you had what was the other comeliness? Yeah, comeliness was a score there. That was that was your beauty. Exactly. That's Brad Pitt. But think of who is the ugliest person you can think of that has a great charisma? Uh, Adolf Hitler. He was not an attractive man, but this man wooed a whole nation. That's true. There's your yeah. other kind of charisma. But I, I didn't want or to Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, he was not a handsome man at all. He's a bean pole with a scraggly beard, and I think he had some mole or something. I mean, you know, but uh, but yeah, but I mean, he wooed a nation because you know he was. But a, then again, those are yeah. fifty, sixty, hundreds years ago sort of yeah. thing. So I mean, who in the modern world? You can't do anything now as we go off topic without having that look first to get you in the door. That's why I hate shit like the voice or something where it's like, hey, you look great and, you, and you've and you got a decent voice. We'll put we'll auto-tune you and put you out there and make a million dollars in records. I love the day when people showed up that were ugly as possum poop and you didn't know what they looked like because you hear them on the radio and you'd go, man, who cares? What a great song. What a great voice. Like if you ever saw him in public, you'd go, oh, damn. Like, which actually, Waylon Jennings wasn't a bad looking guy. But I mean, you look at some of those old country guys like Willie Nelson, not a handsome man. But I mean, well, I love his music, you know, whatever. Would he have a shot nowadays on, you know, uh, you got talent country edition or some shit, you know, or the voice or something, you know. You got to be man pretty or a pretty woman or something. So know. for... Fifth edition and yeah. 18 means the carrying capacity of 270 pounds. Oh, they brought it down. And a push, pull, lift, and drag four or 540 pounds. Oh, wow. And then also just looking up the uh, information here on the Google box, mm-hmm. the max bench press for an actual person, the new record is 1,350.3 pounds. Holy crap. So the world's strongest man, or however you'd like to say, mm-hmm. is actually well beyond 
an 18 strength in D and D. Yeah, how you like me now? That would be if, isn't that crazy? Yeah, if if you brought back the 18 double O, you know, whatever. But you have to think this is someone who's probably been training weight training from a very young age and has maybe used some enhancements. But even in the stuff. 18 strength yeah. warrior or whatever yeah. is the one in a kind genetic freak, or yeah. he was forced into that somehow. Right, where but, he but, had to turn that wheel. Yeah, exactly. For years and years, and that's what I'm getting at. Is shouldn't that be kind of unique? So there's something to be said for maybe going back to dice rolls to where not everybody's an 18, you know, and when you get it, you're going to be like, yes. Well, I think what you're getting at is 18 should be more rare. Right. And what I'm getting at is an 18 isn't the be all end all. If I give you an 18 strength, that doesn't mean you're Superman. No. That doesn't mean you can start pushing planets around. Yeah. It's very nice. And it's what, like a plus 40 hit. I fix and say in fifth edition, that's plus 40 hit and damage. Holy shit. I can see how people get jazzed by an 18. Old school, if you had just a straight 18, you didn't, like, say you weren't a warrior class. Only the warriors got to roll the percentile dice for whatever, well, to give fighters their due. If you had an 18 strength, I would think it was only like plus one, plus one. Or it might have only been plus one, plus zero. But it's not superhero strength is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, definitely there. And 18 was only like, I said, only like plus one, plus one. Think about that. In the original game, like, I rolled three, six on strength. Kiss my ass. Yeah, you're plus one to hit and plus one to damage. What? Whereas now it's like, I'm plus four to hit and damage. You know, woohoo. You know. So where did the uh, penalty stop at? Still around a 12 or? The, where, where the penalty, like where you have a minus. Was it like, oh, sorry, you've only got a 16, so you're minus one. I was going to say, um, no, I mean, like I said, the actual penalties to hit and damage were somewhere around like seven or below, or maybe eight or below. Because nine, 10, 11 is, was meant to always kind of be the average. Because, I mean, this was three to six. It was a bell curve, you know. But, yeah. But that's where it's like even then, I think if you had, maybe you had a seven, you might have had like minus one to damage or something. I mean, you know, whoop-de-doo. Again, it's not, you know, I mean. But yeah, but that perfect example though, when I ran that Castles and Crusades game at the store and I had everybody roll their characters at the table, there were a couple of them that were like, oh man, I got like all these 11s, 12s, and 13s. And I'm like, dude, and I looked at some old school people because these weren't old schoolers. And I said, would you talk to them? We need to make them understand. I would kill for a character that was mostly 11. Back in the day, would roll. how many times would I be like, hey, this is going to be a pretty good character? And, ah, shit, I rolled a seven. You well, know? if you just said yeah. your character's not going to have any modifiers either direction, you're not going to have any pluses, you're not going to have any mon- minuses, mm-hmm. you'd take that deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a minus three in here somehow, I'm sure. There are some people that would be like, no, I want some pluses. I guarantee you. Nowadays, Nowadays or then the days too. Well, and I, some, I can hear James Ward Mayer going probably back then too, Matt, you know, but definitely nowadays. Well, but I, I think they'd be more acceptive of a negative to balance that out too, because that's what it was a lot of times. No, it really, and I remember good game masters. I don't know if this was hard coding the rules, but they even, this is even Gygax in the original DMG, which I love and still own. Talked, it offered up the rule of rolling four die six and drop the lowest die. And I think even there was like a subtext in there, maybe, I mean, I'm just hoping to remember it that way, that basically like, if, yeah, it was kind of like hopeless characters. Like if your character had a minus to two and three different stats and not even a plus one to at least one stat, they encourage you to like, hey, don't be a jerk. Let your, let them just scrap it and roll over again. You know, I think they did the, the hopeless character rule. But I might be thinking of later editions or different games, but. But yeah, there. You know, if I as a game master, someone looked at me, come on, man. I mean, this character's got, you know, no pluses, but two minus, you know, minuses on different stats. I'd be like, yeah, roll it again. You know, 
And it's like Gary, you talked about, they even had a version there, which I thought, oh my gosh. But yeah, what Gary even encouraged, because Gary loves math and let's roll dice back then, was it was like you rolled almost like six different characters and then you could pick the best one out of the, the six or something. And I'm like, I don't want to roll that many times. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just do four dice and drop the lowest. Let me put them in whatever order I want. Because I want you to think about those of you that are new schoolers. Old school, many a time when I played, you roll three dice, six straight down the line. You came to that table going, I think I'm going to play a warrior this campaign. Nope, strength of seven. I'll be playing anything but a warrior. Which is know? the Goodman Games way too. Yeah. But again, brilliantly not to be that shill for DCC, but... With the Warriors Deed die, that really compensates for a lot of that. Yeah, but I just don't like it in general because if you come to the table and you're like, I want to play this, and you're like, well, you got that four intelligence or whatever, you you're not playing the wizard. wizard. Now, mind you, here's the great thing. If you rolled like an eight or a nine on the strength, you'd still be a perfectly competent warrior per in DCC. And he's shaking his head yes. I mean, I'm But how would you be as a wizard? Mm. Well, but here's the thing is, remember, DCC is not so stat-weighted. You add your level. Well, your level is your level regardless. And then you get to add your intel bonus. At best, if you got that vaunted 18, you're plus three. So it's not a mind. Like, if you if you come into it with a 12 intel, okay, you're going to get the bonus. But in DCC, there's a lot of, like, if you didn't get that spell off, oh, it that can sure. make a big difference. Oh, yeah. Because, what, a 12? It's a 12 to get it off? It's a 12 to get a first-level spell off. So when you yeah. can go... You only need to roll a 12, and here's a plus 3. Well, and that does make a big difference, but here's something to consider. Okay, so you have to roll a 12. You get to add your level in, so that means you technically need to roll an 11 or better. What's average on a die 20? I mean, technically, you know, well, 10 or better. So So the more advantage you have, the more advantage you have. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's a given. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But anyway, I'm glad you see it my way. Yeah, ha. we'll see. <laughs> but again, like I said, the old school wasn't that stat weighted. DCC is not that stat weighted. So people have been who played. Let's go ahead and call a spade a spade. Fifth edition. They're all like, I've only got or you know, twelve or something like that. It's like, dude, you're, you're getting your games mixed up. Yeah, I get it. This was D and D. You'd have every right to be upset. Fifth edition. 12 is not a bad thing, you know. And and honestly, it fits more with what we're. I, I'm trying to say here is. What are you trying to say? Most people, most characters should have um, the majority average stats. And I get it that you're supposed to be a cut above, but trust me, and if you think about, I've read books, I love them, I own them on like typical, the typical daily life of a typical noble and like a typical commoner and like the, even like the 14th century. Trust me, if the majority of your statistics are 12s, you're a cut above. I mean, you know, you're, you know. I think that's adding in the too much real world yeah you know, whatever it's like you know. okay well if you're going to do that then how can anybody throw fire out of their hands right exactly i mean and that's where i said this is a fantasy game it's a fantasy world and i get it that your typical character but that's where people want to go off and like well, i'm going to be a warlock with purple hair and a mohawk and i shoot fire out of my ass because i gotta do this stuff to make myself a cut above it's like no already by being an adventure and you said hi i'm joe the human fighter but if you've got a 16 and a, and a 14 and another 14 and another 12, you're, you're a standout. You're interesting. You're a cut above. I mean, right there, you know, you have to do all this stuff like I got to make this character extra weird and crazy and out there to, to really stand out and be interesting. It's like just like real life. Yeah. Right. You know, anyway, 
All right. And my take home message is that an 18 doesn't make you a superhero. No. This is not where you start playing supers at just because you have an 18 stat. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess also we can say that uh, due to inflation, an 18 is not as impressive as it once was. When you can just buy an 18 and 18 is almost expected. Like, are you playing the wizard? Okay, you better have point bought yeah. into an 18. Like, you could see some people at a table, if they looked over and saw that the wizard didn't max or anything, they'd go, what's wrong with you, man? Get it together, you know? Um, but Which I, makes me think of the old, uh, like, living Greyhawk days. You know, the min-maxing and power gaming. And, yeah, oh, where you'd yeah. be like, you haven't min-maxed your character enough. Get off my table. Yeah, ex- no, Nobody t- wants to play with you. He's not joking. I mean, there were some people that were like, what kind of crap character is that? That's unplayable. Well, I'm going for a role-playing idea. Role-playing, get out of here. You're going to get us all killed. Yeah, we're, you're the weakest link. Get out of here. You know, you are the weakest link. Good day. But I'll tell that the story was when I ran for Matt Rogers and some of the boys from the, the Willow Bend uh, boys home. And the, and I was running, uh, you know, a, a DCC derivative. It was America. But I've got the stack of zeros in the middle of the table. And the kid pulled his first and goes, oh, man. He looked at the stats. And I was like, kid, this ain't fifth edition. And he was, you know, it died. And he pulled another one. It died. You know, finally he pulled one. He goes, woohoo! It's got an 18 and a 16 and a 17. And the kid was just lit up. Five seconds later, he's reaching that stack for another character. And one hit point. Yeah, had yeah three hit points. Who cares how awesome the stats are? You know, how well did you play the character? And, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if you've yeah. only got a handful of hit points, yeah, things are going to happen. And things can if, happen. You're very fragile. Yeah, and if you're going to do some reckless crap, it's like, but, you know, that that's what adventurers do, right? You know? Yeah. You know what else they do? They run out of hit points. They wrap it up at the one hour mark. (laughs) Wrap it up. So, can I tell by that clock on the wall? We're all out of hit points. We missed you and you missed us. Goodbye. Uh, (laughs) He forgot, folks. I didn't forget. Just putting that on you.